in between fantasy football podcast season four let's go baby yeah there was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out of the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go Nothing that come at us could come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, November 8th, General Election Day in the good old US of A, baby. The In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast back here with you, leading you into what is always the wildly unpredictable but wildly fun double-digit rounds of the fantasy football season. I am Seth Woolcock, head stooge over here at IBT, and I am joined by the ever-charming, the ever-brilliant Jennifer Polvote. And the ever less charming, the ever less brilliant, Nate Polvote, her husband. Guys, how are we doing as we head towards a holiday season, as we head towards the back half of the fantasy football season that we know is going to get wild here? It already has been just an insane season. Yeah, we're great. I mean, looking ahead to Thanksgiving, excited for that. Had 70 degree weather today. I always default to the weather for some reason. I guess I'm a little (laughs) driven by by the weather but uh yeah halfway through the season and teams not looking so bad i won in every league this week except for one so it was all green and sleeper green 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 which has not happened to me yet dollar dollar bills yeah let's go jen nate how are you faring uh you, you generally don't do as good as jen in fantasy football leagues if i'm being honest that is very true my win ratio was far less but i think i probably won in more leagues because i won in 15 so that's got to be somewhere around her win total this week as well. Okay. Yeah, better weeks than me. I, I appreciate you guys being here. This has been just a tremendous season so far. I'm excited to break it down with you guys tonight on the show. We have front and center. We're going to talk about the Josh Allen news. We're going to give you the facts on it. What do we know? We're not going to speculate. We're just going to give you what the medical professionals are telling us. We're going to talk about the Colts. Is it time to get rid of Jonathan Taylor? Is it time to get rid of Michael Pittman Jr. for good? Jeff Saturday now at the helm for the Colts. And then we're going to do some would you rather, a little bit of fantasy football, a little bit of lifestyle in there as well. And then in the scope, free agent finds, waiver wire, what you need to know as that hits here in week 10. Welcome in to the IBT family. We appreciate you guys tuning in with us tonight on Tuesday. Uh, We got Brad Bolt back in the chat. What's up, Brad? Appreciate you holding it down over there sometime. I think it's Wednesday for Brad over there in Australia, but we appreciate you nonetheless, our friend. If you guys are new to the IBT family, welcome in. Hi, we are your spot for feel-good lifestyle advice and fantasy sports advice. Please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy this type of content. Guys, let's go ahead and jump right into it here. We got front and center right on deck. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in. 
sweet. I thought you'd come to the Just place to have some fun. Ain't gotta worry about something. Not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. All right, front and center, guys. And before we jump in here, looks like we got Richie in the chat. What's up, Richie? He says, what's up, guys? I got some waiver wire questions for you. Absolutely, man. Drop those in the chat, and we will get to those. We have a whole waiver wire section at the end of the show if you have time to tune in for the whole thing. If not, drop those in, and we'll also um, get to those here as we're kind of sifting through the, the, the top of the show here. And, guys, let's start with Josh Allen. He suffers an elbow injury the extent remains unknown, and basically what we know from Ian Rapsheet is that Josh Allen is going to be limited this week. The elbow injury that was suffered Sunday, it wasn't thought to be serious at first. It might be a little more serious. So let's start with this, and we're not sure what this could mean. He suffered a similar injury, guys, his rookie year. He was out four weeks in that, that season. This could be anywhere from that. This could be anywhere from he plays this week to anywhere to a season ender. We're not sure, but here we have Deepak Krona. He is our uh, one of our good friends of the show. I wanted to pull this up. This is his comment here for audio listeners. Josh Allen, concern is 100% warranted. Full tear UCL would mean surgery and a one-year recovery time. Can't say 100%, but that bomb he threw on the last play makes full tear seem less likely. Partial would mean short-term performance hit, but good chance he'd play through it. So... Guys, we don't want to speculate too much what the injury could be, but Jen, I think this would be devastating if this is the former and it is the full tear. Yeah, I mean, for Bill's Mafia, for um, fantasy managers who have them, have him in their starting lineup, which you do if you have Josh Allen, which I do because I was the 101 in most of my leagues. So it's devastating to anybody who has him. Uh, Stefania Bell was saying earlier today that she's ranked 66th in Scott Fishbowl and she has Josh Allen as her quarterback. So even the top feel pain, people, even the top. Wow. Yeah, I, I am. I am worried. Nate, if this is just the latter and it is maybe just a little bit of a setback. I don't think we can downgrade the options too much in this passing game. Gabe Davis, we know he is a low-end wide receiver two, boomer bust type of play. Stephon Diggs, still a wide receiver one. Um, would you still feel confident rolling them both out, given that maybe he, he does not suffer the, the, the former injury? I do. I, you can't really sleep on the weapons in this offense. To be fair, no matter even if it's Case Keenum at quarterback for three or four weeks, we saw how good Diggs was with Keenum in Minnesota. So we know that they can probably do the same thing in Buffalo. And I don't know why Gabe Davis can't be that guy as well. Okay, awesome. Let's go ahead and move forward to our next headline here, though, guys. The big thing, I mean, absolutely insane. And who could have saw this coming? Uh, we expected maybe Frank Reich to get fired, and that's what happened. The Colts dismantled by the Patriots over the weekend, 26-3. to Frank Reich gets fired. And then Jeff Saturday, former center, current ESPN personality and analyst, he is now the head coach here, the interim head coach for the rest of the season. And Nate, you had some pretty strong opinions on this on Twitter. I, I saw your reaction. I was a little surprised, honestly. I think this is a really fun move if you're a Colts fan because you don't have much else to root for. But maybe this isn't the best move football-wise here, Nate. Well, it's kind of baffling when you've got guys 
on your staff who have led franchises for some period. You've got Gus Bradley and you've got John Fox. Both have done it successfully. But instead, Jim Ursay, who might be like second and crazy as far as ownership goes in this league behind Dan Snyder, it's between him and Jerry Jones. It's like, no, I'm going to bring in the former offensive lineman, ESPN analyst, and a guy who last coached and only coached high school football to lead my NFL franchise. I mean, make it make sense unless they're trying, they're trying to lose. That is the, literally the only answer here is that they're trying to lose. I think it's kind of like a, what else do we have to lose situation where it's like, if they pull something out with Saturday and he happens to turn the team around and that's one of those stories that's kind of unforgettable where it's like, right. You know, this is where we were in the season. This is what happened. And this is where we ended. And I think that that's a good thing for fan base or it's all going to go to hell and they're going to have a first round pick. The second one, the second one, second, second. I'm a little more optimistic. I think just because I don't think it can get much worse. I think Matt Ryan needs to get back under center. I think that much is clear when, when they pull the plug on Matt Ryan, they're kind of pulling the plug on the season that might've been Ursay's doing, but I think we need to look at this. Like Jim Ursay is kind of an erratic guy. He's a different type of guy. He's a musician. You know, he's friends with some of the biggest rock stars in the world. So I'm not surprised personally that, that he's doing something like this. I think it's a cool idea and I think it's going to be a pivotal point. If he can pr- pull it off, Jeff Saturday, maybe this is a big step for players not having to climb that coaching ladder. Like we've seen so many do as of late fantasy terms though, guys, I want out of Jonathan Taylor. I want it out of the last couple of weeks. I still think he has a name. So if you can get another running back, put him in a package, get someone like Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, someone more reliable. I'm all right with doing that. How do you feel about getting out of uh, Jonathan Taylor, Jen, or getting out of Michael Pittman Jr. while he still has a little bit of name value left as well? Yeah, I think that there's value in that um, to get rid of these guys while you can. I mean, in a dynasty league, maybe I'm not so quick to do that. But um, yeah, if I've got an option for somebody who's producing now and I'm not necessarily in a win now uh, mindset. Yeah, I mean, kind of like Josh Jacobs, get get rid of him while he's high and you can get something for him. Well, I think there's going to be a conception that there's still value with Jonathan Taylor because now this team's just going to run the ball. But even earlier in the season when he was healthy and they still had a normal head coach and Matt Ryan at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor just wasn't getting it done. And and the offensive line is so bad. And I, I think that's, that's the thing. They're the highest paid unit in the league and they're just not performing up to that. Maybe Jeff Saturday, former center, all time great for the Colts. Maybe he can kick them into gear a little bit, but it's not looking great right now for Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. If you guys can, we would advise trading them, getting out of them while you can still something, get something for them. I'll take pennies on the dollar at this point for Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. I still want something back in return because of the name. And I think you can get it. There's enough people in your league. Let's move on to Justin Fields here, guys. He drops a 40 burger. I see we have some questions about him too, that we'll get to in just a second. He drops a 40 burger, sets an NFL record for most QB rushing yards in a week. He's the QB one since week five. He's been phenomenal. He's winning people matchups and he has great matchups coming up. Detroit, Atlanta, the the Jets, Green Bay, and before his bye. So I'm feeling really good about Justin Fields right now. Nate, you've always kind of been in this camp of Justin Fields. Is this the real deal you think, or do you think this is just kind of a blip on the radar? 
No, this is the real deal. This is what we knew we could get out of Justin Fields if he actually had parts around him that were producing and helping him. And his offense has gotten progressively better throughout the season. And now we're starting to see them use Fields how he should have been used in the first place. Run the ball. You don't have to throw much because he's like Jalen Hurts. What Jalen Hurts did last year, the majority of his volume is going to come on the ground. The passing will come with time as he gets more used to NFL speed with an actual competent staff and team around him. We're seeing him connect with Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Equinomius St. Brown. They got Chase Claypool. Their offensive line has been a little bit better. This is going to continue. This is moving forward. I mean, in Dynasty, Justin Fields might be the QB1, especially if Josh Allen is hurt. If Josh Allen is hurt. Okay. We Long gotta, term, we, Allen is the QB one. Fields the could be the QB two. We bit. can call Fields the QB two. I think my thing with with Justin Fields, and I'm just so surprised, is like we didn't see him run this much in college. He only had five, six hundred rushing yards his senior year because he didn't have to. And I think because he had so many great wide receivers around him, maybe you know, maybe that analysis was bad on me because I didn't think he could run like this. Jen, how do you feel about Justin Fields? If you have him and it is a super flex league or it is a league that people are desperate for quarterbacks, would you be willing to trade him at his height right now? Think about his playoff matchups coming up, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Detroit. So Philadelphia and Buffalo, I wouldn't really want to play him against those two stud defenses than Detroit for the championship. So it's really kind of a catch-2022 right here, Jen. Yeah, I mean, I have Justin Fields and have yet to play him this season. Obviously, that was a mistake last Sunday, two, three days ago. But um, I don't know that it's sustainable for him. I don't know that he can continue to rush the ball like this. I don't know, like you said, against two tough defenses that he will be able to put something together. I mean, it was outstanding. It was fun. It was entertaining. I love to watch it. I love that Nate was excited about it. Um, I love that everyone who has loved Justin Fields this far along finally got their day. I just don't know if he can continue to do it the way that he's been in these roller coaster weeks. Yeah, that Jen, I, I think you put a light on on some really good clarity there that this might not be sustainable. So I, I think our best advice would be ride this out maybe until your fantasy trade deadline. And if you can trade him before the playoffs start, we would maybe advise doing so because it is going to be a tougher road ahead for Justin Fields. We love what it's been so far, though. Um, great to see that. Wanted to address this question here from a guy, Lucius. What's up, Lucius? Hope you're having a great Tuesday. Appreciate me making us part of it. He says, I'm 8-1 and one and I'm first place in my 12-team half-point PPR1 QB league. He said uh, he has the top waiver priority right now and Fields is on the waiver wire. The guy he plays this week has Lamar. Should he use his number one priority to block the Lamar manager? I'm okay with that move. I'm okay with that move because I think maybe he would want to play Fields this week because Lamar is on by. So I'm completely okay with that. I think that's a really good strategy decision. Nate, how do you feel about it from Lucius? Yeah, I, I, it's a really good strategy decision. And if Fields keeps it up like I think he's going to, this is a great addition rest of season. Yeah, and he might be someone you can even, like we kind of said, trade trade away before the fantasy playoffs start. So love that question, Lucius. Definitely use that strategy in your uh, in your advantage this week. Let's talk about time for panic here, guys. 
Um, before we talk about the one obvious winner of week number nine, are we panicking on any of these players? Let's start with Lamar Jackson scores under 20 points in five, five last six games. And I am panicked on Lamar Jackson guys. And, and I, I wasn't buying the hype at the beginning of the season. He always has a 30 or a 40 burger right off the rip, but guys, now he has no weapons. Rashad Bateman hurt. I'm worried about Mark Andrews longevity here. He's thrown to Deshaun Jackson. They don't throw to Devin Duvernay for whatever freaking reason when he's a stud. So I don't know. I'm frustrated with the the whole Ravens passing game here. So I, I am panicking here. Nate, can you talk me off the ledge at all? I think I can. Because if you look at the upcoming matchups, he's had some tough matchups. New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Cleveland. These are three very good defenses. He did have 29 points in week eight against Tampa Bay. Okay. Now, after the bye, they've got Carolina at home. Then they have to go to Jacksonville. Those are two favorable matchups for Lamar. Denver in Denver at home, not a favorable matchup week 13, but then they've got Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Cleveland's not great. But then they finish out against Atlanta and Pittsburgh again at home. All I'll say though. Divisional games, Lamar hasn't necessarily played great against Pittsburgh. TJ Watt might be back. This could be a different defense. So I, I, I get what you're saying with the schedule. Jen, after hearing what Nate's saying w- with the easier schedule coming up for Lamar, are you panicking as much as I am? Probably not yet. I mean, I was going to bring up the the strength of schedule for the remainder of the season like Nate did. Um, and at least the next two weeks, I think it's a hold, wait, and see, and I disagree about Denver's defense, even, you know, without Bradley Chubb, but um, I think those next two to three matchups are going to be, they'll at least give Jackson an opportunity to put faith back in the hearts of the people who love him so dearly. Now, to be clear, I said Denver was a tough matchup. Yeah. yeah. Jen hates the Denver defense. Jen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Jen has been despising them all season long. Mm-hmm. We, we've we've debated back and forth on this a couple of times, Jen. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, guys, like my only thing is like if I'm trying to win a championship, I just don't know if I want Lamar because I think the ceiling is somewhat capped right now. I don't think we have the 40-burger potential without Rashad Bateman and without maybe 100% healthy Mark Andrews. I think that's all I'm saying. So I think you can still keep riding him, but if you can upgrade somehow, I, I wouldn't mind doing it. Um, we want to talk about Raheem Moster as well. He is out touched by Jeff Wilson Jr. in their first game together. And I, I never thought this job was super secured for Raheem Moster. People really wanted to elevate him. Jen, are you panicked by Raheem Moster? He got salvaged by a touchdown here in week nine. No, if you go back and look, he's had a couple of really strong weeks. He's had a couple of really bad weeks and everything else in between is a roller coaster. And I'm not surprised that he was out touched by Jeff Wilson because Jeff Wilson's coming in. We want to see how he operates as a whole with his new team, not just back with an old coach, like on a whole. So with as strong as Tua has been coming back from concussion, I mean, I just, I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet. I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. I, I think maybe there is like, I don't think he is what we thought he would be. Maybe a, a mid tier RB two, but I think he's still a flex play here. Nate, are you excited to play Raheem Mostert in your flex or anything better in the coming weeks? 
excited no but he's a viable play in a landscape where we're really scraping to put together a starting lineup some weeks i mean i had a lineup that was so bad and waivers that were so bare and i had to start darren waller this week knowing that he was out if you're in a situation where you got to play a guy you can yeah I, you can I, get I five six that. points a week like but if you have other options i'm probably pivoting until we see him take over and jeff wilson be a non-factor his which, fantasy value yeah which i don't know if it's going to happen I, I appreciate you guys trying to talk me down the ledge a little bit that's with your uh your veteran experience there um l- let's move to the final panic meter question here drake london and i think this is one guys we can go full panic on score single digit ppr points for the sixth straight week he's getting targets he's, he's seen seven plus targets uh, a couple times last few weeks including here in week nine he just can't do anything with it Marcus Mariota missed Kyle Pitts on a wide open gym down the field. So I, I just don't think it's going to get much better here in, in Atlanta. I think I, I'm willing to almost cut my losses with Drake London. He still has some name value, so I'm willing to move him for whatever that could, could bring. Um, but, but it's not going to be much, you know, maybe an end of bench stash. Maybe you got to cut him. You, you might have to cut him. Mariota's he, his accuracy has declined as the season has gone on. He actually looked fairly decent to start, but he like did. you said, he missed Kyle Pitts by a country mile on Sunday. The volumes there, the production isn't and in redraft. Like you kind of have to let go and see what you can find on the waiver wire or see what you can get for him in a trade. Okay. Guys, let's round out here, uh, top of the show. Let's round out front and center with the number one winner of this past week. And if you had Joe Mixon on your team, First of all, take a bow. Congratulations to you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Jen, congratulations. I did not. Nate, did you have any Joe Mixon? One. Okay. Okay. One is better than none. Like I I, I was. I was two years too early on Joe Mixon, apparently. Um, but he's currently the RB6 on a points per game basis after dropping five touchdowns in quick work of the Panthers and he didn't play much in the second half. Didn't play any of the fourth quarter really. So uh, Joe Mixon guys, he is back in the high end RB one discussion. Won a lot of people matchups, Tampa Bay, new England, Buffalo are his fantasy playoff matchups. So three very tough defenses. So are we willing to sell Joe Mixon high? Is there someone better you'd rather have it running back that you could sell him off this 50 burger Jen? Are you willing to do it with, with Tampa Bay, New England, and Buffalo? Because those are three of the worst matchups for fantasy running backs. Or with Joe Mixon, does it just not matter now? I don't know that it matters. I mean, I feel like this was the high that they needed as a team to mm-hmm. come off of this, like, woe is us attitude. Um, I feel that they were playing very emotionally. You know, we've got players who are going out. We've got players who are supposed to be our one twos here and they're not. And I think this was the win that they needed. And I think they'll carry that momentum forward. And I think we see obviously, obviously not five touchdowns, but we're going to maybe see at least one to two from Mixon going forward. And I think that the best thing about Mixon is just that floor. I mean, he, every week he's getting so many receptions, 20 plus carries. Um, I, I love what Mixon has been doing, Nate, but are you scared by that end of season schedule or are you trudging on? I, you kind of have to trudge on because this is a team that needs him to be efficient. And it's so much so that even though he's been one of the more inefficient backs most weeks of the season, that, that's the thing. They that's keep, the thing. they keep rolling him out. What gives me pause is this was against Carolina. Carolina has no clue what they're doing. It's a bad team that couldn't keep the ball 
couldn't keep possession of the ball. And Mixon just simply ran all over them. He hasn't looked like this all season. His best game prior to this one was what, week seven? Nope, week one against Pittsburgh, where he put up 21 and a half points. Now, that said, I think he continues to be an, an RB1 in that RB1 tier rest of season. But like temper your expectations. You're not going to get 20 to 30 points out of him. You need to understand that his most weeks his ceiling is going to be 20 to 22 points, which is still good. I but think the next is- couple... The next couple of weeks, his ceiling is probably the best, though, I would I would argue. Connor pointed it out in our DFS show that without Jamar Chase in the lineup, the targets haven't been going to T. Higgins like we thought. They haven't been going to Tyler Boyd. They've been actually filtered over to Joe Mixon a lot. So I think that's a, that's a really good point there that Connor kind of made on Sunday that came to fruition. So you guys are, you guys are not selling high because, I mean, you could re- realistically – pick your price and you could get anything you want in fantasy football right now for Joe Mixon. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yet. Okay. We got a question here from Albert Mixon or Ken Walker rest of season. Who that is a tough one. I, I don't know the Seahawks end of season schedule right off hand here, but I think I, man, I think I would take something with Ken Walker. I think straight up, I'd rather have Mixon, but I would, if someone's willing to give me Ken Walker and something else, I'm willing to make that trade. Uh, how do you feel about it, Jen? I can't. I can't. I mean, Walker hasn't been consistent, and I have. Walker hasn't been consistent. He's been great, Jen. Yeah. He's been great. Hold on, let me pull him up. She's not wrong. He hasn't been Nate, super consistent. You can give I'm your take. Sure he has like he's got to have twenty plus PPR points and. A lot of back-to-back games here, I feel like. Nope. He only has 20 plus PPR points twice this season. Two times. What what have his PPR totals been the last couple weeks? Totals, I don't... 27.9, 12.2, 28.7, 19, 14, and then 3, 6, and 3. 3. Okay, well, that's... So he's rising. He's, He's rising, and then he dips, and then he rises again. He's going up against... They're going up against Tampa Bay. Then they've got their bye, which you said Tampa Bay really tough on the running game. So equal argument for Seth in the mix-in department. Then Las Vegas, the Rams, Carolina, San Francisco. I mean Kansas City, Jets. What's what's the last three? What what's weeks fifteen through sixteen? Or uh, excuse me, fifteen through seventeen. Uh, San Francisco at Kansas City, Jets and Rams. I, I would take Kenneth Walker. I I I, I oh, like the boy. Chiefs matchup. I like the Chiefs matchup. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. I I think Mixon's okay. worth more, so I would be trading him to get something back. But yeah, I would be willing to take uh, Walker. I, I like that Chiefs matchup. I think he would smash in that. I think he'd smash in everyone but the San Francisco matchup. I'd be a little worried about, but I like it better. But Walker yeah. plus, not just Walker Mixon plus. Yep, for Walkers. Walker plus. Pretty but serious. I would. Got it. Okay. Yep. My fancy teams need the plus right now, baby. We are thin. <laughs> we are thinned out. So, uh, guys, let's go ahead. Let's bring some th- fun back into the show here in our next segment. Let's uh, go ahead and get jump started here with Would You Rather.
This ain't no simple matter. This is would you rather, baby. And to do it, we do it with the best. We're bringing in audio editor extraordinaire, the man in the green sweater, Mr. Kyle Scott. What's up, Kyle? It's going pretty well, Seth. How's it going? It's uh, a very special edition of Would You Rather. Some would say it's the ultimate Would You Rather today as it is election day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Did you guys vote today? Let's be honest. Let's let's call our vote twice. You voted twice. What does that mean? How do you vote twice? No, I said of course. Oh, oh, I thought you said <laughs> I voted twice. I said, damn, Nate. No. You're political. Let's go, yeah. baby. One for Let's each go. side, right? No. No, I like that's the thing I think about election day too, is like I don't care who you vote for, just like vote. I, I hate people who like do a little bit of research. Like, do you don't vote uninformed? Like, if you're gonna vote, vote informed. But like I hate it when people don't vote. Like so many people would love to vote across the world who can't vote. And I don't know, just irks me a little bit. Sorry. Fair enough. No, all right. Rant. Kyle, Kyle, bring the good vibes back. I apologize for the voting rant. So the first question is about election day. It is, would you rather vote from a church that smells weird or an NBA stadium with the people behind you telling you how big fans they are the whole time? I feel like Jen and I have voted in a weird smelling church. We did. How was we it? Downtown. How was that experience? Fine. Probably better than people talking to you the whole time you're in line. You don't want to be talked to. You don't want to be social. You don't want to enjoy the experience. You don't want to be communal about it, Nate. Look, I'll talk to people on YouTube, but when I'm standing in line, just let me stand in line. I got things to think about. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel about it, Jen? Are you taking the smelly church or are you taking the NBA stadium? I mean, if I'm in line in a smelly church, the difference between our experience was that we waited outside in a line. And yeah, then you're in the smelly, smelly church. You're in line. It's cold I out. I I mean, I can't really do weird smells. I, I'd almost rather let people rant about their teams and their fandom than smell. Because I like people who breathe through their mouth when it smells bad all i think of is you're tasting it it's gotta be there's a it's going in (laughs) into your mouth yeah you don't want that at least you have like something in your nose to help filter out air pollutants and gross things i'm i'm with you jen i'm i am not taking the smelly church i'll take the nba stadium even though if there's a steph curry fanboy behind me i can endure it Nate, I think you cut out. You're going to the smelly church, though, alone? Yeah, yeah. All right. I guess, apparently. All right. Kyle, I think you have our answers, bud. Yeah. I mean, I'll vote anywhere as long as I get the sticker afterward. I didn't get a sticker today. I'm pretty mad about it, honestly. I don't get the whole sticker thing. Like, we need, like, give us some glizzies or something. That's what I, I, someone tweeted that out earlier today. Like, give us a hot dog or something. Like, I'll take a hot dog after voting or, like, a cookie. (laughs) A sticker? Are you kidding me? I don't know. I I don't get the whole sticker appeal. That's just my, my... it's another rant. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't like stickers. I don't like stickers. I never like stickers. They're just a waste of paper. Well, then. Okay. All righty then. Moving on. Would you rather have TJ Hawkinson or Mark Andrews rest of season? 
This was a one I had to really think about, guys. And I, I think like the obvious answer is Mark Andrews because he's more valuable. But if I, it's the same type of thing with the Joe Mixon. If I could get something plus TJ Hawkinson, I would absolutely do it right now. The matchups are not awesome coming up for Mark Andrews. This is a run-centric team in Baltimore, Baltimore right now. And it's not just one injury he's dealing with, too, guys. It's two, shoulder and knee. Like Those are bad injuries that could linger. So I am scared to death of Mark Andrews rest of the season. If I could get TJ Hawkinson and another valuable piece, whether that's an RB2 candidate, a wide receiver two low end, I would absolutely do that. How do you guys feel about it? Because, But I guess that's maybe not the question that we're supposed to answer here. But how do you guys feel about it? I thought Hawk looked good. He looked good on Sunday. And like you said, with the Mark Andrews injury and lingering, and we don't really know what's happening with him. And wasn't he, was he game time this I think week? they rolled him out Harbaugh on came out and, Okay. Monday or Monday. Maybe it was Monday. Maybe it was Monday, but it, it, okay. it did linger. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if there's like some sort of punishment or something going along with that, but I just think that the stability between Hawkinson and Cousins is going to be stronger for the rest of the year. I feel like Hawk has um, maybe a bit more energy and enthusiasm for his new team. So I think Hawkinson straight across or something like you said, very minimal to go Hawk plus for Mark Andrews. Okay. Okay. And you know, I, I, speaking of people who have energy, baby, Kirko chains on the, on the, you guys see Kirk cousins with the chains <laughs> yeah. and the, the dude, he's Jack too. I didn't realize like Kirk cousins is fucking yoked, man. So yeah, he's I'm an about- settling quarterback. He's settling into this like new personality that has been bestowed upon him by his teammates. Cause he's not a flashy guy. He's an energetic guy, but yeah. he's not this dance around the plane mm-hmm. with 18 <laughs> necklaces. Like I, I love that he's leaning into it. It's awesome. And I think it's just fueling his team that much more to want to produce for their quarterback, to be a cohesive unit and to get out there and get it done. Well, Jen, it sounds like you made your decision that you're on TJ Hawkinson. Nate, how are you? Are you vibing with Kirko Chains, baby? And uh, and TJ Hawkinson, are you taking the stable and reliable production that we've had for so many years from Mark Andrews and from Lamar? No, I'm going TJ. I like Hawk here. I think rest of season, he's the better tight end. I think he's healthier rest of season. I think he sees a more reliable workload rest of season. And I think Minnesota needs him to be TJ Hawkinson more than Baltimore needs Mark Andrews to be Mark Andrews. I just think that the ceiling's higher in my opinion for Hawkinson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think I'm with you, honestly, guys, like I would be trading Mark Andrews for whatever I can get at this point. Like if I can get TJ Hawkinson and something else, absolutely. I would do that. want to bring up this question or this uh, comment here from Brad Bolt. He says, in Australia, at voting centers, they have barbecues going, cooking sausages for people to eat. There we go, baby. There we go. Australia doing it right once again, man. That's my people. That's my That's town. Feed them and they will come. Right? This is awesome. They probably have a really good voter turnout, too, I would assume. I guarantee they do. Australia's awesome, man. We need to we need to get an IBT Australia branch one day. It's like out in Sydney. You know, we can post up with the kangaroos. Kyle, you can you can chill out, make a little shrimp on the barbie for us. Oh, I'm on the plane already, dude. 
send me one way let's go baby we're coming for you brad we're coming for you uh kyle let's move forward here i think we got another uh non-fantasy question coming up yeah so would you rather be stuck in a pay it forward line or attend a fall wedding on a saturday with your favorite college team playing a big game god shoot me right now shoot me Great. right fucking now it's so okay, let's talk about the pay it forward line because pay it forward is a really cool idea. It's basically paying for the next person's meal, drink, coffee, whatever behind you. But I think it becomes a really awkward, anxious thing because you feel obligated to pay for the people behind you. You know how much their meal costs. And it's like you don't want to be that guy who doesn't pay it forward. Um, so this just sucks. And, and I hate fall weddings. Can we just be done with fall weddings at the same time? Like there's football. Kids have activities. School is in session. Like you got all summer to plan your freaking wedding. Spring's even more acceptable. How I'll take a winter wedding. Um, how do you guys feel about this? Man, I hate both these things. Give me the pay well, it forward line just ew. because I don't want to. There's one more wedding I'm willing to go to, and it's Seth, it's yours. Let's go, baby. Fuck you, Otherwise. Kyle. Well, Kyle too. <laughs> Kyle, I'll go to your wedding too. But like we've been the thing is is we've been to so many weddings. <laughs> we've been to so many weddings. Like it's just such a it's such a process and such a thing. And I'll pay gladly pay five dollars for somebody's coffee at Starbucks. What if it's fifty dollars and you don't know? What if they just bought their whole whole office? Well, the standard wedding gift is like a hundred bucks. So as long as it's under a hundred dollars, it's still cheaper. And less of a hassle than having to go to a wedding. I don't you care if it's fall. Open bars though, a lot of times at wedding too, Nate. There and a dinner, so you're getting a trade off for that too. Can I go and do all of that in my pajamas? No. Okay, then there's your answer. Okay, <laughs> Jen. What are what, what is your decision here? Both these obviously suck. I mean, Nate makes a good point about the gift that is required when attending a wedding. Um, I'm not a big college football person, but if if I got an invitation for a fall wedding on a Sunday, I'm just as pissed as the college football fan on a Saturday. Like, don't make me get dressed, shower. I got to put on makeup. I got to go buy a new dress potentially. And then I got to spend all this time driving, sitting through the ceremony, then going to the party afterwards, albeit if there is an open bar that is enticing, but pay for like 50 enticing. bucks and done and just keep on moving you got coffee in hand keep going okay okay wow wow okay i i'm gonna give it a wash i don't think i can pick i hate both these so much but <laughs> i was leaning i was leaning going to the wedding but now you guys have kind of convinced me the other way honestly i do I like know, i was though. too like, like i don't want to like that I got a lot of friends probably getting married in the next 10, 15 years. So please invite me to your wedding. I'll come. I'll have a good time. I'm the light, you know, I'm not the life of the party, but I enjoy a good wedding. <laughs> I, I have my own party. So, you know, um, Kyle, how do you feel about it, man? How do you feel about pay it forwards um, and or fall weddings? You know, I'm not a big college uh, sports fan, but if there's one thing I do hate, it's paying for things. So I would definitely <laughs> rather go to a fall wedding. Okay. But what about the gift? You still have to pay for a gift. <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> They'll remember that forever. 
as they're going through their no, guest they list won't. and they're like, we didn't mark anything down for Kyle. What am I going to write in the thank you card? Thank you for nothing, Kyle. Oh, I just won't get invited to the next one. It's no big deal. <laughs> to their to their second round wedding. Yeah, that's when they renew their <laughs> That's actually that is that is hilarious. That is all right. Well, Kyle, I'll be watching you at our wedding, bud. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll be the doorman. No gift, no entry. All right, Kyle. I think we have. Uh, I think we have one more fancy football question here for us to round out. Yeah. Would you rather have Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders rest of season? I just traded for Aaron Jones, and I've been loving his production. Not last week, the week before. He got but hurt Miles... this last week, but he yeah. is expected to play here in the coming week. He survived major injury, which was nice. Um, yeah, he did bounce back a little bit, Jen. We were kind of worried he wouldn't. So how do, how do you feel about it? With the deterioration of Aaron Rodgers, I just don't see good things coming out of Green Bay, unfortunately. Vibes are low. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's a tough one. Uh, A.J. Dillon's going to be probably heading the backfield at least this – are they on They're on bye this week? No. No, no, they're, they're playing. Yeah, so Aaron Jones, I know he's listed as likely to play, but you kind of just have to go with Miles Sanders, right? He's I on an team. I don't know. I'm worried about Miles Sanders too long term. He's not getting yeah. the receptions. I'm worried that they might put him on the shelf. Like n- not permanently, but like I'm worried they might slow down his carries a little bit with how far they are ahead in the standings. That that's just my opinion. Um, Nate, how do you feel about it? We talked about it on Friday about maybe this being a time to sell Miles Sanders because he's not getting receptions one in the last three games, one target that is. So um, he's surviving on touchdowns right now. Yeah, and I don't know how long that's going to last. I'm probably going Aaron Jones here. I, I think that there's just his ceiling's higher because if Aaron Rodgers can turn this offense around, if they can get their wide receiver core healthy, they could have a late season push. It is This is the Green Bay Packers, and I know they're three and six and it's not looking good, but I still think that there's probably a higher ceiling for Jones because we've seen Sirianni shut miles sanders down and all of us are sitting here wondering what just happened why isn't he getting the carries now yeah yeah i I understand that nate i'm probably with you i'm probably on aaron jones as well it hasn't been great and i still don't think it's going to be great the offensive line david bacchiari and all those issues is just mind-blowing what's going on in green bay but i still think aaron jones has a little bit higher of a floor that i would like in the playoffs when it comes down to it just because he is getting some receptions versus Miles Sanders. But either way, I, I, I almost classify both these guys like in that same tier, probably like a low end or, or excuse me, high end RB2 at this point, like RB13 through 16, somewhere in there. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. All right. Well, Kyle, man, we appreciate you coming in with the fire today for Would You Rather. Um, any uh, final parting thoughts for us? I'll check your gift registry before I go to your wedding. <laughs> no, I want an off the registry gift, baby. I want an off the registry gift for you. I'm oh no, it's getting worse. Stuff. I was not going to be there. Picking up the $20 cutlery set. <laughs> well, Kyle, we appreciate you, man. Before we let you go real quick, I do want to address this question here from Lucius. 
Do you guys think J Rob is going to overtake Carter for the lead back it, the lead role in that backfield? Or do you see it being a 50, 50 split? I see it more being uh, right now. I see it more being a 50, 50 split. Honestly, maybe Mike, Michael Carter gets 60%, but I still don't think it's going to be an overall great day for either one of these backs. Nate, do you have any preference on on if you think uh, J Rob will overtake Michael Carter? Because I, I just think Carter's receiving skills are better, despite we we uh, seeing J Rob get in the end zone via through the air this week. I honestly prefer Carter. I think it's by the end of the season, it's going to shift to a pretty solid sixty forty on the car sixty forty on the Carter side, because he's familiar with this offense and because the team is familiar with him. Flores is familiar with him. There's just, sorry, Sal is familiar with him. I don't think the J, I like J-Rob. I think he's a good spell for Michael Carter. I think he sees a fair amount of volume. But the running back to have in this backfield, I think, is Michael Carter, if you have to pick between the two. Jen, do you see anything different than, like, I I see these guys as kind of both, like, low-end RB2s, high-end RB3s. Like, they're nothing that's going to move the needle, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I have nothing to add to this. All right. Well, we appreciate the question about the Frisky Jets, baby. Anytime I get a Frisky Jets question, we appreciate it, Lucius. We appreciate your support. Guys, let's go ahead and round out tonight's show with In the Scope. Requesting permission to engage. In the Scope. In the Scope, your waiver wire and free agent finds segment. Guys, let's just quickly talk about some of the mainstream pickups. And if Jeff Wilson is out there in your leagues, I think you absolutely have to smash him this week. He's only rostered somehow in 44.6% of ESPN leagues. Um, Nate, would you be unloading the fab if you need a running back, if you're in one of these leagues that Jeff J or Jeff J or Jeff W <laughs> Jeff Wilson J. Yes. J W J, whatever you want to call him. No, because like we talked about earlier, he's in a bag level with Raheem Mostert. I, I'm too scared off of what he is and what his ceiling and with the real possibility of what he'll be in this offense is to really spend up for him. If he's still on the waiver wire, which is highly unlikely on Wednesday morning, after waivers run, I might stash him, but that's about as far as it goes for me. Okay, Jen, and any more interest in him or Isaiah Pacheco, who's also only rostering 27.3%? No to Isaiah for me, but Jeff Wilson, yeah, he does. He has more appeal to me than Pacheco. I mean, I do have a couple of leagues where I am in desperate need of a, a running back, and if Jeff Wilson's out there, I'll put Fab on him for sure. Yeah, I'm willing to pay up at this point. I think Jeff Wilson has a little bit higher of a ceiling than Raheem Mostert. We saw him get some of that early down work like it almost flipped like we saw Raheem kind of get some third down love which was surprising so I I think they'll use these guys interchangeably but I still think Jeff Wilson I'm okay if you need a running back I don't know if there's another one that's going to come this season better than Jeff Wilson let's move forward down the list here guys Justin Fields Daniel Jones Jimmy G I think obviously Justin Fields if you need him you can you can pay up for him this week Daniel Jones he's another sneaky guy we've highlighted a couple times here Um, on this segment so you can look into paying for him Jimmy Garoppolo if you need a quarterback spot this week he could be nice with Christian McCaffrey Debo both out there Um, we'll kind of round this out just with a little bit of wide receiver discussion Donovan Peoples-Jones what's going on here Nate how is this guy still only rostering 12.6 percent of leagues 
He's been phenomenal, man. I mean, he's just so steady. He doesn't have a huge ceiling, but the touchdowns will come. Well, I think it's that nobody's really paying attention to the Cleveland offense outside of Nick Chubb right now, unless, well, until I guess Deshaun Watson is back. Because Brissett hasn't been really, honestly, I mean, he's been okay. He hasn't been outstanding, and this offense hasn't really been clicking. They're not winning games. I think they're just people just kind of forget about him, honestly. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you don't really hear his name in, in giant plays every week. So, it's, I mean, he hasn't had a, a touchdown yet. So he's he's the guy who's getting the volume, but he's not necessarily trending up yet because he hasn't made that big television splash of a a, a touchdown. Okay. Okay. And what about Terrace Marshall Jr.? He's someone we were really interested in a couple of years ago coming into the league. Kind of a slow start to his career. However, he's kind of the number two option there right now. It's a open door at quarterback. We saw P.J. Walker get benched in the second half of this game with Baker Mayfield coming in to relieve him. So kind of a back and forth deal with him. Any interest in Terrace Marshall, guys? Just yes or no, I guess. No, no from Nate. Jen? I mean, it, it's it's quarterback dependent for me. If Baker Mayfield is is in there and he's blazing again, yeah. I mean, if I need a wide receiver, I'm not going to put any money on him, but I'll pick him up off the waivers. Okay. And let's kind of just round it out here. Isaiah Likely, he should be rostered, especially if you need a tight end in the next coming weeks. Rostered over 50% of ESPN leaks. Greg Dulcich from the Denver Broncos coming off the bye. He's only rostered in about 28.9% of ESPN leaks, so he could be an appealing option as well. And then Cade Auden for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, rostered in 5.1% of leagues. So if you need tight ends, guys, those are the big ones to pay up. But we're going to tell you about the ones you don't have to pay up for here. And this is in the scope. These are the targets that you can get basically a week early. They're not rostered in a lot of leagues here, and they could have some long-term value. Nate, let's go ahead and start with you, our friend. So tonight we're going to talk about someone I didn't necessarily think I'd be talking about at any point this season, but here we are. Rashad White, the running back in Tampa Bay. It's been interesting because we all kind of thought that this was Uncle Lenny's backfield. When they drafted Rashad White, this was more of a futures move for this team. Interestingly enough, last week, Uncle Lenny only saw one more carry. Now, he he still owns the passing game in this offense. That has not changed. But Rashad White has been far more efficient in the last three games than Leonard Fournette, averaging 4.04 yards per carry versus Lenny's 2.38. Like it's staggering. He had two weeks where he was over four yards per carry. Then he dipped down to like somewhere right around three to get to that average. But Lenny's just not getting it done on the ground. Again, he's still startable in PPR formats because what he's doing in the passing game. But we're kind of starting to see a flip in the run game where I think White's going to start to overtake him in the next couple of weeks. This isn't necessarily a play that you're going to want. Somebody you're going to want to play this week unless you desperately need a running back that could get you six, seven, eight points. They have Seattle in week 10, but after the bye, they've got Cleveland, which isn't a great matchup, but they've got New Orleans. They've got Cincinnati in there. And then in the playoffs, they've got Arizona and Carolina to round out the fantasy playoffs. Those are two weeks where if you can afford to stash Rashad White, he could win you your league championship. If things go the way I kind of feel like everyone thinks they're going to go. Okay. Nate is going to ride the wave there. He's kind of fading Leonard Fournette a little bit. Nate, I don't have a problem with this. It's hard for me to fade Lenny a little bit just because he is he is prolific. 
I just am worried about the offensive line, I guess, a little bit as a whole in Tampa Bay and that maybe no running back can be truly a, a league winner at this point. But I like I like the call on Rashad White nonetheless. Jen, uh, who do you have for your in the scope this week, my friend? So I have Jawan Johnson. Um, he's rostered in 9.4% of ESPN leagues. And look, this one might be a major stretch, but his average snap share is 69%. He has played in all nine games. He started in five. Obviously, the Saints want to utilize him. They just haven't had an opportunity. I can't say that, but um, he's had 258 yards over 23 receptions and three touchdowns this season. Adam Troutman was out for two of those games, but, um, you know, Johnson's out there. He's, he's making the plays. He's getting open. They do have tough opponents coming up in the Steelers, the Rams and the 49ers, but um, with Michael Thomas out for the season and Troutman kind of underwhelming so far, Johnson could be a deep stash on the very thin, thin waiver wire, especially at the tight end position. I know Seth, you just mentioned three others that are potentially out there, but this guy's going to be available in most of your leagues. Yeah, I don't mind Jawan Johnson. And, you know, I mean, Taysom Hill just freaking burned me last night. I needed a couple points from him to win the game, and I, I couldn't get anything from him. And I, I think, honestly, right now, overall, there might be a, a good opportunity for Jawan Johnson. He's had success outside of Chris Olave. He's been the best pass catcher um, for the Saints this season. So I, I don't mind that at all, Jen. Awful tight end landscape. Jawan Johnson, I mean, he's a guy. He, You know, he, he's mm-hmm. a little bit of someone. Yeah, and I mean, Taysom Hill could be a starting quarterback next week for the Saints. You just don't know. So having Juwan Johnson yeah. in there just for a little bit of security, I think is is a good play if you've got the bench. bench. I have, okay. I'm having an evening, a bench spot for him. <laughs> uh, before we jump into to my In the Scope, just want to answer this quick question here from our guy Sura. Um, should I trade Mark Andrews, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ross St. Brown for Devontae Adams, DJ Moore, and Miles Sanders? He's 2-7 and seven and just doesn't want to get last. I would say no. I wouldn't do that because DJ Moore and Miles Sanders, who could be used less down the stretch for Philadelphia, are two players who could get you last in your league. I think Jamar Chase coming back, if he does come back, Amon Ra and Andrews, that's so much upside you shouldn't lose your league with those guys. So I, I would hold on on this trade. Nate, are, are you willing to make this move? Absolutely not. Devontae Adams, I mean, he's really trending down. We don't know what DJ Moore is going to be. And Well, like trending down talking. before this week, last week, Devontae Adams. He, he yes. went off. <laughs> He did, but don't buy him because that's not going to happen often. You, you're keeping Andrews, you're keeping Jamar Chase, you're keeping Amon Ra. You, you don't want the other side of this deal. Okay. I'm in agreement there. Again, I think you can back us up as well. Um, I'll okay. round us out here with my In the Scope candidate, and that is Kenneth Gainwell. And, Nate, this is kind of also similar to what you're saying with Leonard Fournette, not because Sanders has been bad or anything, but I just think they're going to use him less because they have Super Bowl aspirations. They wanted to bring in another running back during the trade deadline. They were all over Kareem Hunt, couldn't couldn't pay enough to want what Cleveland wanted, a fourth-round pick. So it's Kenneth Gainwell. He finally saw a little bit more touches here last week, seven touches, three targets. And that's the other big part, Nate. We, we've talked about it. Miles Sanders, he's not getting those receptions. So I think Kenneth Gainwell, it's not someone that has appeal to start on his own, but three touchdowns this season, still averaging 4.4 yards per carry. 
What I like about Kenneth Gainwell, it's not his stats, it's not his metrics, because he's not an overly athletic guy coming out of Memphis. Um, but but I do love what, what we're seeing in the schedules coming up. Washington, Indianapolis, and Green Bay, those are three really good matchups for running backs, and those are also three matchups that I think Philadelphia is going to get ahead. Game script is going to be in his favor. The Eagles are also number one in game script rating, which means they play from ahead more than anyone else, which means they have the opportunity to run the ball more than anyone else. Seventh best run block rating for Gainwell as well. So he's getting big holes. I think if there's a game that they don't want to give Sanders a big workload, maybe they sit him towards the end of the season. Um, If they do have that number one seed locked up, uh, maybe it's Kenny Gainwell who's bringing home your fantasy championships this year, guys. I don't hate this for the reasons you just stated. Like if they do slow Sanders down, Gainwell's going to get a ton of work. This is a run first team. Yeah, I like it. Awesome. Well guys, I appreciate you being here tonight. Jen, any final thoughts? Um, We've talked a lot about a lot. It's election day. Vibes are high heading into week 10 of the fantasy football season. Any uh, final thoughts for us tonight? Enjoy the halfway point. Enjoy the in-between. Go jump in the leaves and have a good fall. Awesome. Nate, any, any wiser words from you than your wife had? Go buy our new merch on the website. These are awesome shirts. Go out and get one. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be doing a giveaway here. I think in a couple weeks too. um, help out the YouTube subscribers who tune in to us. So uh, yeah, guys, we got new merch on the website. Um, I'll, I'll officially kind of release that here tomorrow or Thursday on the Twitter bird. So make sure you guys are following us at, at IBT underscore media. Thanks for tuning in so much. We hope you subscribe to the channel, come back and hang out with us again. Until next time, Nate and I will be back on Friday. Until then, guys, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 